Hi, welcome to another McLaren Fans podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Andy Donnelly. Joining me, as always, is Sarah Merritt. Say hola, Sarah. Hola, Andy. Because it's the Mexican Grand Prix that's just been so... That's our, I feel very Spanish. Our best Spanish. Uh, although I do sit next to a, a girl who's Spanish at work, and she's been um, teaching me Spanish swear words, but I don't think they're appropriate for this podcast. You know what? I mean, I'd be happy to talk about them, but I know McLaren Doggo gets particularly upset by the swearing, so we need to be <coughs> well-behaved. I wonder if McLaren Doggo can actually understand Spanish. Well, I, I would think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, McLaren Doggo used to be able to uh, to speak to Carlos, so obviously, you know, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, okay. Andy, right, tell yes. anyone about our exciting guest. Yes, um, this week we've got a fabulous guest for you. Um, we've got Marion, who's um, uh, from US, I believe. You live in the US? I'm not sure which not. state. I probably should introduce me a little bit in more detail. Yeah, but I live in the US at the moment. <laughs> right. Yeah. Where, do you you originally, where do you originally hail from, Marion? So I'm originally from Germany. Grew okay. up in Germany. I moved to the UK um when i was 20 my husband is british right and then we moved here to the us about two and a half years ago right okay so uh welcome oh, that was my it's worst good. german i'm actually <laughs> off to germany in about three weeks so i'll have to improve on that <laughs> well that's that's great to have you on board marion because i know the guys are going to love hearing about your latest experience which was not this last race but the race before you you took a road trip to the US Grand Prix, didn't you? We did, yeah. So we live in Tennessee. So we took the, I think it was about 13, 14 hours drive down to wow. Austin, Texas. So we did it the proper American way. We have a pickup truck as well. So just as you see it in the movies kind of thing. So yeah, it was really cool. And all the stuff that you've seen with how busy it was, we went in 2019 as well. It was crazy busy, crazy, crazy. And do I'm a little have, bit disappointed that because of the McLaren heist, you know, somebody out there got given a McLaren to do their road trip in. You know, it's a shame, shame they didn't find you, Mary. <laughs> well, I did see a video where they made them jump out of a plane, so I'm, I'm quite happy we didn't. <laughs> so do they have, um, you know, like uh, we see in the UK, um, when you see the sort of American football and uh, things like that, they have tailgate parties and things like that. Do they have the same sort of thing for the um, for the US Grand Prix? Uh, I think they have it at NASCAR and things like that, don't they? So do they have the yeah. same sort of thing where everybody's in the car park having a barbecue before the race and things like that? You know what? I don't think it was as much. So we've been to some IndyCar and some NASCAR races as well. And there it's definitely, a, I would almost say, a culture to do it. Um, I didn't see it as much at this race, but uh, I think we would open a whole can of worms if we talked about the parking. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. oh. but, um, no, not as much. I have to say it definitely still has more of an F1 feel rather than kind of an Indy or NASCAR race. Okay. Yeah. It's interesting that you mentioned on the parking there because, um, you know, that, that's one of the things if anybody's thinking of going to the race, if the parking is a nightmare, then, you know, people would consider that. Is the is the shuttle buses from Austin sort of um, city centre and stuff like that to get to the race? Or There is, yeah. They do shuttle buses. I don't think, I think you guys have all the like um, lorry driver shortages and stuff in the UK yeah. at the moment as well. So yeah. same here. So I think they had a real shortage of bus drivers as well. So we were really lucky. We actually camped um, 
There's a couple of people that own um, property around the track that open up for camping. So we actually camped. So we were able to every night to just walk past everybody and go to our campsite and just, you know, chill out and kind of enjoy and think of the day that's just gone by, etc. Same on the Sunday where everybody kind of got stuck, actually. We managed to just walk back and think of the race that just was. So that was really nice. So I guess for anybody ever going, I love staying near the track and not having to worry about getting there in the morning and, you know, trying to get out. You can actually enjoy the whole day. So thankfully, that's what we chose to do. That sounds very similar to, to our Silverstone experiences, Marion, mm -hmm. because a lot of people like to camp nearby. And also um, th there's people nearby that have their own, you know, there's an area called Hamilton Fields and things like that. So other than the official um, campsites, you've also got other places to stay. So that's yeah. handy to know. And did you did you actually go into Austin as well and, and soak up some of the experience there or did you just stay at the campsite? We just stayed at the campsite. I think we spent every moment that we could actually at the track. We arrived at on the Thursday. Track. We just dropped everything and walked straight in and just kind of had a little look around. And yeah, every day, morning to evening, we were just at the track. Sounds well, like you got your, your money's worth from your ticket there then. Yes. <laughs> yeah, one, one thing I've always wondered about Austin, um, I've been to a few races like Singapore where you can go and see some music and some acts and entertainment afterwards and it's included in the price. Is that the same thing with Austin? I think they had Billy Joel that they had on this year. They did, yes. Yeah. Was that in the ticket price? Could you just like kind of wander up with a with a hot dog in hand and just kind of watch a bit of Billy Joel singing We Didn't Start the Fire and things like that? <laughs> I think it was. So we didn't go because it was kind of a whole walk to another part of the track. So we, we chose not to go. But I do believe it's included unless you want to be kind of in that field right in front of the stage you had to buy it oh yeah the, the golden circle as they call yeah. it yeah but it's oh, funny it's I sorry I was just going to say I listened to your podcast from last week and you were talking about you know people being stuck in the rides etc while the race was going on there was a whole I don't even know how to describe it there was I think six or eight different areas they built up with different food and drinks and music and it was almost like there was several fairs around the track so I think the reason they were able to have so large numbers was because so many people just came for the everything around the track rather than yeah. the thing itself as well it was so busy not just in the grandstands and kind of on the hill up to turn one there was all the other areas it was just yeah it, it was crazy it was rammed you probably saw a little bit of that when all the fans run onto the track at the end of it. Thankfully, we were in the grandstand there, so we can just watch it kind of from higher up. But yeah, crazy amount of people then just almost felt like a festival style thing rather than just a race, which I'm not quite sure what to make of it. But... Is, it, is Austin the only race you've been to? Like, uh, have no. you been to, been no. to others? I've been, oh my um Hockenheim was my first obviously okay. in Germany that was my start and that would that was to me that was a normal just race right they just had your merchandise shops and your food and all that I went to Barcelona Monza probably was my first kind of crazy one and then I've been to Indianapolis Silverstone Monaco and Cotter Okay, that's just so pretty good. So when I say Austin was crazy, I can tell you it was crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's definitely an informed view if you've been to some right. of those other places, like you know, Monza Pitwalk, I always remember as one of the craziest things we've ever done. We got smothered yeah. by Ferrari fans, didn't we, Andy? Um yeah. 
So, uh, so yeah. Now tell me, one thing I'm always really interested in is merch and stuff like that. And I know Andy is because he just buys everything that McLaren ever bring out. So was there anything, you know, exciting around the track that you could buy? I saw people had big foam fingers. Oh, oh hello. <laughs> that one in the background just here. I know nobody will be able to see it, but yes, I've got the foam hand right here. Um, A proper McLaren foam finger. I know, right? <laughs> I'm very jealous of you. That, Marion, is the kind of tat that I'm all here for. <laughs> yeah. yeah, me too. I'd be all over that. In fact, I'd probably buy one for each hand and one for each foot. And isn't it not crazy? It's a piece of foam and you just go, oh, look, on the other side, it has the special logo they had as well. Oh, you think nobody will ever be able to buy that again. I must buy this this foam hand, right? Yeah. Um, we also bought the jerseys that they brought out. So I think we were lucky in the US. Everybody kind of got them delivered before the race happened. So our yeah. daughter got a um, Lando shirt and then my husband bought a Ricardo shirt when we were there. She was very disappointed. She thought nobody else was going to have the shirts that you wouldn't be able to buy them there. <laughs> but they had caps with the special McLaren logo on as well. Um, oh, I can tell you a story yeah. about that, Marion. Andy Donnelly, the very man we are talking to, found <laughs> one of those McLaren caps online and he, and he accidentally ordered it for himself from an American website. And I think the postage was the equal amount of the hat as well, wasn't it, Andy? It was. It cost me more for the postage to the UK than the cost of the cap. But it's oh, a lovely that. cap. It's beautiful. But it is because it's, it's a really nice. The M on the front is embroidered. Yeah. You know, a lot of stuff we get now, the caps are just stuck on. Um, but this is a proper, you know, looks like an American football varsity style letter. Yeah. Looks That's really good. So uh, yeah, I'm I very impressed. Like... All the money for the American Grand Prix seemed really good quality, I have to say. So I've yeah. got I've got really foam finger envy now. I really want one of those. <laughs> <laughs> I'm keeping it. I'm keeping it. <laughs> on eBay later. It's amazing the things you can get at races. Andy's also been lucky enough to go to Japan. And there's wow. some really great stuff that you can get there, you know, um, like a Jensen button puppet, for instance. And uh, <laughs> and Andy brought me back a snood that's like a crash helmet as well, which is really good. Yeah. Um, come on, Silverstone. Come on, other races yeah. we go to. Up your game. We want more McLaren stuff. You could also buy McLaren Fernando Alonso coffee in Japan, which is weird. It was in, it was in that it. is a bit weird because I know you can get that coffee that's been through a cat and comes out again and is supposed to be the yeah. world's most expensive coffee, but I wouldn't want one that's been through a Fernando Alonso. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't even know what you guys are talking about. Not <laughs> so good. I'll, uh, I'll see if I can find a link to it, but there's definitely some kind of designer coffee that's been pooed out by a cat that you can get. <laughs> anyway, that's not back on topic, point. Sarah. <laughs> Marion it's been really really good to hear about your views on it and I, I guess I'll volunteer you that if anyone wants to go to Austin in the future and they want to get some advice you know where to go you can always uh, find Marion on Twitter and give her a tweet yeah what's your Twitter yeah. handle Marion oh um I think it's Marion underscore EB okay we'll uh we'll we'll tweet it is, yeah. Yeah. Yep, it's at Marion underscore EB. So right. there you go. Thank you can you. now be our Austin expert. Yes. <laughs> Excellent. So should we get on to um, Mexican Grand Prix and have a bit of a chat about that? Yes, let's talk about that. 
Let's, Did you notice my voice went down a little bit there? Yeah, mm. yeah. <laughs> let's, uh, let's start back with Lando's engine penalty. So I, I kind of, I think you sent me a message over the weekend saying, you know, we called that the other week that, you know, we were going to take an engine penalty soon. Um, yeah. This, this was a good race to do it, but yeah. Um, it obviously gave us a bit of a disadvantage for, for Lando after what I would have said was a decent qualifying for us. So, yeah, um, yeah, you know, I think it was always going to be a, a a point where we we're going to have to take these engine penalties. And I think you've probably done it, not for Mexico, but more for the next four races. Yeah. So we've got a bit of power I'm, there. I'm hoping that, and, and as all fans are probably hoping that this has now set us up with everything we need to get us to the end of the season. Um, you know, and it was inevitable we were going to have to take a penalty at some point. So I, I trust the team to select the right race and the right time to do that. Yeah, I was happy you didn't do it last weekend. But then actually some people were saying, and I kind of agreed, you could almost tell it wasn't quite there. So it felt right that it needed to be changed. But yeah, now was the hope that it lasts, right? For the last, what is it, four races left? Yeah, yeah. fingers crossed. Yeah. So yeah, so... Obviously, we started off a bit on the, the back foot in the race for Lando. Um, but let's just talk about sort of the first corner or first and second corner. And, um, yeah, um, I, I kind of feel that I feel that, would, you know, I saw people on Twitter saying that, you know, Dan should have gotten a penalty for that. And I kind of feel that that would have been a bit harsh. Now, obviously, I'm quite going to be quite biased. But, um, yes. yeah, I, I, you know, we've seen things before, like, uh, you know, Kvyat torpedo, torpedoing people in the first corner and stuff like that and being completely out of control. I think it was just more of a squeeze that happened rather than anything else. Um, and it was quite unfortunate that sort of bought a span because of it, but another race, you know, they might have gone through side by side, so. Yeah. Well, there's there's many ways to argue it, you know, isn't there? But um, I saw somebody, Bottas, breaking very early compared to those around him. You saw all of the other cars go by him as well at that point. Um, so it wasn't just Dan that was caught out by Bottas breaking early. There were other cars too that weren't expecting that by comparison to their speed. Dan only tapped him. And I know that's, that's spanning round and I know he'll say that ruined his race. Um, but it also really ruined Dan's race too, didn't it? So in a way, he didn't get given a penalty specifically for that, but he was he was penalised by being involved in it, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, what do you we think, Marin? Well, we were watching it and we were kind of thinking, what happened? Um, and then when we rewatched it, we realised, oh, not, not actually that much happened, right? Yes, the aftermath of it, but like you say, they kind of just... I don't know, Martley got together. I kind of agree. It was definitely racing incident, right? There wasn't much to it. And then you can see, like you say, they had a bit of an effect, right? We had some other cars kind of getting together as well at the same time. I think it was just, yeah, just what happens into this first kind of corner sometimes, I guess. I don't know. It didn't look like much to me. 
it seems like the only person that was expecting Bottas to break early was Verstappen as he flew around the outside of him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it does. And I think know, that's what Hamilton said as well, right? It's like he kind of opened the door up to Verstappen yeah. that would. But up until that point, Dan made some really swift manoeuvres to go down the outside. Um, and if he'd have made it around that corner without tagging Bottas, I think we'd have been in a really good place for the race. Um, it's just so unfortunate that that, that that incident ended that for us. But when you watch the when you watch the start again and see Dan's move, you think, "Oh, he's, he's doing really well here." I was cheering at the television right up until the moment when it stopped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looked like it could have been amazing. We were we were the same, then, and then like, what happened? What happened? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that's that's the thing. You know, these these things happen in racing. We you don't always have clean races, and every now and then we we have a race that's going to be a bit of a stinker. Um, let's hope that this is the last one that we've had and the next four are, are pretty solid for us um, and I, I know the time um, obviously then they have to come back round and, and Dan lost his front wing um, and then they came in for the pit stop and uh, yeah it was you know um, I was watching it and I was thinking right come on let's have a good pit stop guys and I think they did alright I didn't think they did okay but what really caught my eye was, um, I know everybody's going to say, oh, Andy's going to complain about slow pit stops. But it looked Andy, like they Andy were... always complains about slow pit stops. <laughs> but it like using, um, a jack to jack the car up underneath that you would have had down your local quick fit garage um, to, <laughs> to kind of jack the car underneath in the, in, the, in the middle. And I was like, that looked really surprising. I thought they would have had something like some sort of specialised piece of equipment to lift the car when the front nose needs changing or something like that. So Yeah, I mean, obviously they can't use the normal front jack. You know, the quick release one they've got that looks like it's got the handbrakes on it um, when they're doing a nose change because that needs to be where the front wing is. Um, but I'd never really taken much notice of when they put the jack in the middle of the car, what they use. And it looked just like the one that they use in the garage to lift the car up and down before the car leaves the garage. Uh, quite simple compared to the other technical pit equipment that we've got. But I knew as soon as it was slow and the guy was having trouble getting the jack out, I thought, oh, no, Andy's going to be all over this. <laughs> <laughs> you have to remember, though, um, changing the front wing and, and, and having a pit stop like that is always elongated. So I don't know what time you were hoping for, Andy, but it always takes a bit longer. <laughs> it's up two seconds, of course. <laughs> you can't do that anymore. There's new rules. Even even Red Bull were two point four, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. But, I, I, it's just interesting. That's all. It was just yeah. you know, I was expecting this wizardry piece of equipment, and it did just look like a jack from sort of your local sort of um, motor point garage sort of thing that just gets stuck under a normal road car. Um, Isn't that funny with pit stops as well? They either are so quick, you blink and you go, they haven't changed all the yeah. tires, right? It's like yeah. what happened. Or it goes on forever. I don't have many in between ones. Like as soon as it doesn't happen at the blink of an eye, I'm like, what's going on? But I agree that thing. I cannot recall seeing that before. And anything yeah. changes. Maybe they just don't film it normally as much. I'm not yeah. sure. Maybe it was a different angle or something like that. So yeah, and you've got to remember, Andy really has pit stops. Pit stops under the microscope. You know, he's totally <laughs> focused on them at all times. I just and other stops were good though. <laughs> yeah. 
they were. The other stuff. Good. 2.8 yeah. and 2.9, right? Yeah, yeah, pretty good. So they was they were solid. You know, they're not the fastest out there, but we're making sure we don't make a mistake. So. Yeah, yeah I watched um, I watched one of the old retro races from '86, and they did a pit stop. Then it was like 11.2 seconds, and you just watched <laughs> it, and you were like, oh. If you told them back then they could get it like two seconds, nobody would believe you. You're yeah. probably thinking like 11.2 seconds or whatever it is, like really fast. You're like, yeah, now it's just unbelievable. But yeah, I'm I'm, I'm going to just say, you know, they, they did well again with the pit stops this weekend, but I am watching. I am watching McLaren. <laughs> I need to send you a note about this team we had on at my work. It's, it's NASCAR, but they had this team on, they do like leadership training. And they talk all about how they improved pit stops in NASCAR over the years. And they showed this little clip from, I don't know, it started off in black and white. I don't even know what year they started with all the way through kind of, not that they are any faster NASCAR. I might share with you the team. They do a lot of details on the around kind of the evolution of pit stops in general. So that might be right down the street. That's uh, That's really interesting. And Andy, I don't know if you've seen before that, Mark Priestley, who used to used to work for McLaren F1 Elvis on Twitter, he also does a lot of public speaking and he uses the the topic of what can business learn from the lessons of F1 to see how to how to look at that. So it's uh, yeah, you know, working as a team, working together, all that kind of thing. It's uh, it's quite a key thing to concentrate on. Yeah. Yeah, and we all know that um, even if we had to go at one of those pit stop simulators that you get at some of the Grand Prix, we'd be terrible at it, let's be honest. So, yeah. Well, I think yeah. you were when I watched you do it in Hungary, weren't you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I haven't improved I since. Of, I think I've got a photograph of that somewhere, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's move on, eh? Um, so, yeah, I thought um, I thought we had a solid race despite the issues. I thought Ricardo did really well to hold off Bottas. Yes, definitely. and I thought Orlando did particularly well to get a point. Yeah, eighteenth to tenth. Yeah, yeah, not bad. Yeah, so and I feel I kind of feel that that's been overlooked a little bit. That both of the drivers had a solid race. I know that we kind of hope for more from Ricardo where his starting position was, given that. You know, he'd had a, a front wing change and some floor damage to then hold off Bottas and kind of hold his place whilst we didn't get any points from him. Still a solid drive. Whereas Lando did what he had to do, which is make his way through the field on a long strategy. I think he was the last one to pit and made it work and made it work well for us. So I think that was, you know, if you want to take positives from the weekend, we can look at that. The other thing I want to say is that one point is still one point in the championship fight. It's still going to count towards the end of the year. I know that Ferrari got 18 this weekend, but there'll be races where we get 18 and they get one point. It's just the way that it kind of goes, isn't it? Um, So I'd like to kind of move the topic onto that a little bit about sort of the constructors, where we are and why I, why I think that fourth in the constructors would still be a great result for us. So I think that given the improvement that Ferrari's made 
it's no surprise we're up there battling with them. We've got more points than we did at this time last season, and we look like we're getting even more. We've got we've had a win. We've had multiple podiums. Um, we've we've also had, and I think I mentioned this the other week. Um, we haven't been able to develop the car as much as the other teams because of our tokens, because we used them all and put the Mercedes engine in. So if we, you know, at the moment we'd be comfortably fourth in the champ in the championship. There's nobody challenging us behind that. If you'd said to me at the beginning of the season you'll be fourth and still fighting Ferrari um, into the last couple of races of the season for that third place, I said yes, please, let's go with that. Let's have a chance. Now, whilst we might we might get third, we might get fourth. I don't think you can be disappointed with either of them. I think you've got to be happy with both of those things. You know, we can we can kind of talk about all of the sort of um, you know the last few years with with how far we've come. You know, there was one race where we were we were actually at the back of the grid with a fifty four place grid penalty or something like that. <laughs> So, you so know, it was like only... 100, 105 places or so. Like was that, it? Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it, ridiculous. Yeah. That was only like four or five years ago. So, yeah. you know, there's, there's a whole load of positives from where we are. So yeah. it just seems to be either forgotten or not understood by some people. Um, okay. Yeah. So discuss. I, I'm, I'm nodding really hard. My neck is hurting from nodding as you were talking, Andy. Your nodding doesn't work on an audio podcast. I know, but people, I'm, that's why I'm very verbally saying that I'm nodding, because I agreed with a lot of your points as you went through there. I liked, I liked your little McLaren rant there. I thought that was quite good. It was, it was powerful. And um, you're right. People may be thinking that if we finish fourth, it's a step back because it's one less position than last year however we've scored more points you're very right on that we've had a win we have had multiple podiums and as a team don't forget we we super glued a new engine into our car this year you know it's not just about the lack of um lack of tokens it's just the fact that we got that all working and all glued together quite nicely and you know we could have had problems with that there could have been teething issues you just don't know so I'm still really happy with where we are. I'm really happy with our lineup. I'm really happy with how hard everyone's working. Um, and I would not be disappointed if we finish fourth. If we finish 10th, I might be a bit sad because that would seem like a step back. But all of the things you've said are true, Andy. Definitely, we're, there's progress in the team still and it's a step forward. And I probably did the wrong thing as well for a podcast. As you were kind of reading down everything that the team has achieved so far this year, I'm sitting here smiling. Nobody could see that. <laughs> and I think, Sarah, as you were saying, kind of with the engine change, right? You've seen that with other teams happening. I mean, even Red Bull had some challenges when they went through an engine change. You just don't know kind of what they need to work through. And again, just not even going back a few years, just looking at last season versus this season with the change and everything. It's amazing just to see how much the team has achieved. And, I think you forget that there is plenty of other teams that have bad weekends and good weekends and that this is not, right? If you look over a whole season, that's kind of how teams go. You have good weeks, you have tracks that you're strong at, tracks that you're not so strong at, you have your engine penalties, you have your accidents, two things came together this race, right? If Ricardo still had a good finish, we probably wouldn't talk about it quite in the same way. It's just one of these ebb and flows, I think, that you have. And yeah, 
Yeah, Maybe I mean, yeah. a little bit short-minded about, you know, you should look at the whole season. It's been amazing. Like I say, just compared to last year, it's crazy. Yeah. I'm never mind yeah. going back. It, it, is, it is what it is. It's, it's kind of one of my favourite sayings. So um, that kind of sums it up quite well, really. Um, you know, we've, we're there, we're fighting, and we're doing well. There's still a lot to fight for. You know, also remember last year, going into the last race of the season, you would have put money on... Um, uh, racing point to finish above us. They had a very healthy yeah. lead over us in that last race, and we beat them. So yep. this, this anything could happen. So um, you know, we just need to keep pushing forward. And if we make it, we make it. If we don't, we don't. We've still got to celebrate how good we've been and how far forward we've come, and how good all of the team has worked. It's really positive for the future, and hopefully, we can make another step next year and still be challenging up in the top four because that's what we want. You know, we want to be that team that when the top three teams, which let's be honest, the Mercedes, um, Red Bull and Ferrari, when they're on form, are going to pick up the wins. We want to pick up the pieces when they don't. Yep. And we've stepped away from, you talk about racing point from last year as well. We've stepped away from some of those other midfield cars that we were quite close to last year. You know, Alpine, um <clears throat> And, and you racing need, you, point. You need binoculars to see Alpine. They're that yeah. far behind us at the minute. <laughs> Toro Rosso have, have good races and, and good moments, but, but we're ahead of them in the points. You know, there's, there's really good things to take from this. And I suppose that segues quite nicely into the other thing which we were going to talk about, which was, you know, a bit of negativity on social media this weekend about the team. Oh, it's been a bad weekend. Um, people tweeting oh I don't like this weekend I want it to be like Monza when we've won you know we're we're not spring chickens are we Andy so we've been around a while and we know (laughs) that if you've survived the Honda years and you're a McLaren fan you you can survive anything (laughs) I think I think we might need to make a t-shirt with that on the I survived the Honda years I survived the Honda years (laughs) a badge at least yeah. yeah You know, um, and I'm sure, Marion, you you remember those dark days, which were quite hard as a supporter of the team, don't you? Yeah, I I don't even know, kind of thinking back, how you could even compare now to back then, right? Like you guys were just saying about the kind of penalties, you already last, and it was even further. And I just remember Alonso coming on the radio doing races and just making it quite verbal and what he thought of of the car and the engine and all that kind of thing. And, I don't know. It's like a whole different world now to to then. I, I don't even know how to compare the two. It's just a bad race doesn't mean it's bad, right? Just sometimes circumstances no. come together and make it not so good. And other times they come together and you have Monza. That's just kind of how racing goes sometimes. Yeah, Monza, the race that we won. I'm not sure if you heard, but I mentioned that on the podcast <laughs> many times. It was so exciting. <laughs> in fact i need that big foam finger to to use when i talk about Monza. <laughs> but that's yeah. the thing isn't it being a true supporter of a team a bit like you know people with football teams we're we're here for the long run we're not we're not going to change our mind to go oh, i'm not supporting mclaren and lando norris anymore this week because we had a bad weekend or oh, danny rick had a bit of an accident i'm i'm not going to uh support him anymore we're here for the long haul, you know. It's it's a marathon, not a sprint. So, uh, well, yeah. although there is there is a sprint race coming. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's okay to be disappointed. It is okay to be disappointed, but it's um, that's kind of natural. But 
the it's it's the expectation that seems to come with some of these messages and tweets and stuff like that that you see of you know people expecting us to be fourth and fifth every race it's just not realistic it's you know like you say you've got the ups and downs but yeah you know i'm i'm disappointed in this weekend everybody in the garage everybody back in walking all of the team are also very disappointed you don't need somebody on twitter to tell them that um yeah you know but they they come back in the you know the you know the the regroup and they'll be you know they've drawn the line already as soon as that checkered flag went down they've drawn the line they're moving on to brazil their focus is on brazil and that's kind of the mentality of a formula one team you can't change the past look to the future and do the best that you can and i'm confident we're doing the best that we can yeah, I'm nodding again in agreement, yeah. which of course no one on the podcast can see. But. <laughs> right, um, we'll we'll wrap that up there. Um, however, just one couple of little sort of things to go through. So I don't know if you guys know out there, but you can get some uh, podcast merch. I believe we have some mugs and some T-shirts and other bits and pieces. Um, yes. It helps us really good um, because basically it allows us to pay for our hosting. Um, which allows you to then download the podcast every week and listen to it. Um, whilst the costs aren't mega, every everyone who buys a mug keeps us going for pretty much another episode. So um, I believe they're on T-shirt studio, McLaren Fancast. Yeah. We will tweet out after this uh, a link so you can have a go and buy them. Um, and let's just say if you've got if you've got some of our merch around Christmas time, it might come in useful. Oh, to keep you warm, yeah? To keep you warm, well, yeah. But, yeah, there might be something else in, the, in our Christmas special that might be um, uh, useful for. So there you go. Get your, get your McLaren fans podcast merch now. Um, right, so um, that's it for this week. Thank you, uh, or should I say thank uh, Marianne for joining us. It's um, very nice to have you on. Thank you for um, having me. That was great. Good. Yeah. And uh, we expect to see you waving your phone finger at um, yes. McLaren races soon. Yeah, I should <laughs> bring it along. We normally just bring a McLaren flag, but I might, might just. Yeah, you have to bring yeah, that. That's, that's a pretty awesome that's, piece of uh, yeah. that's an upgrade on a flag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And uh, <laughs> once again, thank you, Sarah. And uh, yeah, I'm just about to go off now and start designing our. I survived the Hundred Years T-shirt for our merchandise page. <laughs> so we'll be back um, after the next race, which is Brazil, and let's hope that we've uh, we've got another one-two. That would be amazing. Um, exactly. Yeah. Foam fingers crossed. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right. Thank you, guys, and uh, that ends uh, this week's podcast.